0: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always who's your head.
1: What is up, Greg Demarco? Here with another edition of the Greg Demarco Show. You can find me on your social media at Chairshot Greg. Of course, the Greg Demarco Show is part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can hear at thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Head on over to thechairshot.com for all your hardest-hitting wrestling news, reviews, opinions, and analysis, done with the attitude that you have come to know and love. Now we got a great interview here with Chris Aki. Canadian Football League linebacker with the Montreal Alouettes. I can't wait for you to hear. Uh, that interview and also the Toronto Argonauts, and so many other, got a great amount of CFL experience that you're going to hear about. And this interview was actually recorded back the day after Memorial Day. I share that because of where the world is at now versus where it was then. And I want to make sure that you, this interview really focuses on his football experience as well as just the differences in, in, in sports in the U.S. And Canada. it's such a great listen, and you're going to learn a lot. And I'm excited for you to hear about it. A couple things, please uh, head on over to thechairshot.com. Lots of great stuff you can do there. I also want to, uh, you know, make sure you know where you can find some T-shirts and some other things. So check this out. We'll be right back.
2: Viva la raza! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the queen of soft style herself, Miranda Morales, co-host of Chair Shot Radio and the host of the Hashtag Miranda Show. And I'm here to tell you where you can find the best t-shirts around. Well, you can find them on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheCheerShot. There you can find over 25 different styles, designs, and colors, all in support of TheCheerShot.com. Don't forget to pick up your Queen of Soft Style t-shirt, but also you can pick up the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling, Baron Corbin Sucks, and the OG Cheer Shot t-shirt. So, Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own t shirt today. Again, that's pro wrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t shirt. And don't forget, get in in soft style. I lie, I cheat, I steal. I Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta.
1: Now, before we get to the little Peel Back the Curtain, which is going to be a fitness update for you this week, and of course our amazing interview with Chris Aki, I need to know, how are you guys feeling out there? How are you guys doing? The world's crazy right now. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you, Greg?
1: Well, you know me. I'm doing fantastic, man. know about you but i'm ready to get to it I, I already know how great of an interview this is that you're about to hear with chris aki so i am going to go ahead and set that up please let me know what you think at Chairshot greg on your social media email me greg demarco at the chair for everything that you can find on me you can find over the chair com forward slash greg demarco it's all there for you to see but you know what i, I, I got the, the the stuff in the car recorded for you i got the amazing interview recorded for you so yeah Let's, uh, you know what it is. Less talk, more action. Let's make it happen. Hit me up. Thanks for listening. And I know you're going to love this one. I got another great one for you dropping later this week as well. So enjoy. Talk to you. A little less conversation,
0: a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less smart. a little less fight, a little more spark. You close
2: your mouth and open up your heart the...
1: Alright, I am in the car for another edition of Driving with DeMarco as part of this Greg DeMarco show with Chris Aki. You're gonna hear that here shortly. You're gonna hear me pronounce that last name 17 different ways. Even though he told me Aki was the way to pronounce it, I still kept changing it around. Um, So I apologize for that ahead of time. But great interview, very eye-opening regarding uh, experience in the Canadian Football League. So if you're an American football fan of college and pro, you're going to really love hearing Chris's experience there. Um, So I am in the car, so I do apologize if you got some background noise, but it's 108 degrees in in here according to my, my car itself. So yeah, I got the AC on. the SUV, but wanted to give you a CrossFit update today. So on the Tony Acero episode, you hear that I've started CrossFit and you hear about that experience and, and, um, And just kind of the beginning portion of it. Well, now, today as I record this on May 29th, I am just finishing up my second week of CrossFit. Nine sessions because of Memorial Day, so nine sessions in, and it is just absolutely outstanding. I have completely changed my diet around, which has been something else. I I literally have shortened my feeding window as it's called not eating but feeding is how they they term it down to eight nine or ten hours a day can 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 uh, excuse me considering when i eat that first meal usually between 10 and 11 so if i get it closer to 11 i can cut the hours down and when i get home from crossfit and have a chance to eat my last meal of the day i've kind of gotten rid of the terms breakfast lunch and dinner because of all this shit so that's okay Um, Yesterday, which was Thursday, was my first ever unfed day. And that's what I want to talk about on this one, because you hear the term unfed day, and you're probably like, you didn't eat for a whole day. And that's not how an unfed day works. So the unfed day is a much, much smaller feeding window. For the first time around, he wanted me to go, he being my trainer, by the way, at the CrossFit place, CrossFit Fury in Goodyear, Arizona, he wanted me to go uh, four to six hours is what he recommended. I ended up five hours, kind of split the difference, not on purpose, but I went from um, basically 10.30 to 3.30 was my feeding window yesterday. And the workout changes when you do that. It's more of an aerobic style workout, less lifting, because you don't have quite, quite the same kind of fuel in you to do that so the workout yesterday was a rotation of the bike the assault bike which i love the name of it the assault bike um i know that might be you know a, a bad phrase to use right now with things going on in the world but it's a bike um i think think of it more from a video game style to be honest with you um do the bike four minutes on the bike three minutes on the rowing machine two minutes of jumping rope and one minute of rest so the 10 minute rotation did that four times and then i had some exercises my homework that I had to do at the end which was a combination of shrugs which is hanging from a bar and and not doing a pull-up but uh kind of kind of pulling your knees up your shoulders up a little bit and doing shrugs push-ups sit-ups and squats and just kind of rotating through that is what I did yesterday today's workout ended with that homework as well but two weeks in I cheated today at my my obviously the very first time you go there they weigh you and then after that you you kind of go through my four week initiation, so to speak, four weeks of training with the trainer and the sessions and all of that. And during the second session, second trainer session, I figured he would weigh me again. And he said, no, he doesn't want me to weigh myself for the four weeks. Just, just worry about, you know, they'll weigh me at the end of it. I cheated, weighed myself today and I'm already down 10 pounds in a week. And I had plateaued. Uh, you probably heard me tell the story. I've lost 40 pounds going back to last summer. I'd plateaued i was still building muscle and dropping fat but it was even um wasn't really dropping the overall weight number when i would weigh myself which is every few weeks sometimes i'd go six seven weeks without weighing myself and weighed myself today just because i was curious because i've seen all these changes they're, they're definitely visible now and it was down another 10 pounds so 50 total since i started this journey and it's just been amazing so um, that's kind of the crossfit update it has been just such a, a welcome addition to my life I I nearly didn't do it I might have told that story already I almost didn't because I had a routine I was doing great with that routine and and, and both my accountability buddy and my wife were both like no you need this it's time do it and I listened to them because I'm smart and it worked out really well so surround yourself with good people they'll take good care of you but that's my CrossFit journey right now hopefully it inspires you to do something no matter what that something is whether it's something little something big you can no matter what it is don't sit back don't waste the quarantine if it's still going on where you are and and look even though things have been lifted everybody's living life differently right now so it's still a quarantine but enjoy yourselves make the most of whatever's going on and and let's you know again come out of this better than we went in that's been my mantra all along and that's what I recommend for myself and all of you so enjoy the interview with Chris Aki uh, just a great, great listen. If you're a wrestling fan like I am and you're hearing this on the chair shot, watch some wrestling, enjoy it. Whatever it is you enjoy, find a way to enjoy it. If it's a sport that's not going on right now, find some old classics and check those out and enjoy them. Or try something new. That's what this time is all about. So thank you for listening. You can follow me. I know I've already given the handles out at other parts of the program. But at ChairShotGreg on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter Greg Demarco at thechairshot.com you can go to gregdemarco.substack.com for the blog I have repurposed that a little bit I'll definitely get a post or two out this weekend Um, I'm recording this on a Friday this will probably get released on a Monday and of course you can always go to thechairshot.com forward slash gregdemarco and check out all of my links there as well I got some more affiliate links coming for you anytime I can save you some money I definitely want to do that too and sometimes I get stuff if you do that Usually not as much as you're getting on the savings. Sometimes I don't, and I just want the, the the word share shot to save you some money. So it is my brand, and I love it. So thank you for listening. I will talk to you soon, and enjoy the interview with Chris Aki right here on the Greg Demarco Show.
2: Bun it up, 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 bun it
1: up, bun it up. It's way too late. Just do it for the sake. It's way too late to try going on a date. I took that pink one night, now I got the blue diamond in my face. Right, Chris Aki linebacker for Toronto Argonauts of the Canadian Football League joining us. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Aki21 or on Instagram at Chris underscore Aki. That's A C K. I E uh, is where you can find that. Chris, thank you so much for, for jumping in and joining us. No, hey,
0: yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Of course.
1: No, definitely excited about that and and excited the opportunity to, to branch out, talk to you, and and hopefully bring some new people to you and, and to the stuff your program and to your career and all of that. So we'll have some fun. It's important to note, however, and this is the unfortunate time of when we're doing this and when we are. And if people, you know, say they hear this interview two years from now, they kind of need to know what's going on in the world. Record this, it's May twenty. 26th and obviously we're in the midst of a global pandemic and, and stay-at-home orders and all that kind of stuff what has that been like for you how has that changed your life over the past two
0: it's changed it a lot just because especially right now in the season i'm used to um like going to the train that have a big group of uh, uh um current players that i train with that we all get together and work out together now everyone's doing the workouts at home separately and it's uh, it's just different i don't have all the weights and all the bands and all the machines I'd like to normally use. So I'm at home just kind of using a lot of bands and pretty much a lot of bands that I have at home and just all body weight and getting on the field and running as well. So it's just a bit of an adjustment, but I'm able to still get a decent workout in, so I'm adjusting.
2: Yeah,
1: that's tough. I mean, it's such an adjustment for everybody. It's, you know, me being here in in Arizona and in America and, and where, you know, probably one of the more self-centered countries in the world. We don't hear much about how Canada is handling this pandemic Are there any major differences, anything that you've seen that's jumped out at you about how that whole situation, this whole situation has been handled up in Canada?
0: Yeah, I'd say that uh, would be handled differently. Like I've seen, um, a lot of places in the States have already opened up. I like have seen, I've seen videos of clubs open, restaurants open. It's not like that here in Canada. Well, it's not like that here in, like, Toronto. It's more of um, everything's still shut down. They're just starting to open up, like, public parks and basketball courts, baseball diamonds, and um, it's only stores with, like, a storefront. They're able to sell sell food or whatever they're selling there to get takeout. But other than that, nothing's been opened up. People are still uh, wearing masks around here. So I'd say that's probably what I've noticed what what's going on in the States.
1: Yeah, we've definitely had a lot of things open up here where I am in Arizona, they they started opening things up. I this past weekend, being a holiday weekend, my wife and I went out of town and and first time we ate at a restaurant. And very different experience. You know, not the first time ever, but it feels like very different experience. I mean, you know, nothing's on the tables. Everybody had gloves and masks on, and and it was different. I don't know if it was better. I don't know if it was worse. I've really been able to make that distinction, but definitely a different experience. Even though everything can open, not everything has opened, but. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's too soon or not. I guess time will tell, and, and when when things kind of come around, the the off season. So you talked about the off season and where you are. And say there was no COVID nineteen coronavirus. What would you be? Where would you kind of be in the cycle of the year for the CFL and and for your team in Montreal or Toronto? Um,
0: so we'd actually so we'd be we'd be middle since everything's delayed. So at least in delayed, so they're looking at potentially not starting until September. So we have another. Uh, a few months before we even got started so i kind of just put the it puts a halt on what extends everyone's used to i'm used to re- being ready to play right now i mean he can't right. be ready to play in may and now it's like if i'm not going to be on the field till september i have some more
1: time so is so that the a, plan have they different. have they given you guys a plan is september kind of the plan or is that just what you guys are aiming for or even hoping for
0: i think right now really optimistic that september will work out as like everyone's like, we all hope, it.
1: everyone's just kind
0: of tired of being at home. We want to get back to doing what we love to do. So, um, yeah. so we, yeah, we're all hoping, September, but I guess right now they have, CFL has a lot of stuff to figure out with the government to be able to kind of get back on track. So right now it's pretty much just a waiting game to see how things go with the amount of uh, COVID cases. And if things get better, then maybe potentially we can start earlier. But if things start to get even worse, then maybe we might not have a season at all.
1: Yeah, and that's just got to be tough. I mean, you know, you signed a contract back in February, kind of all before this hits, and then everything hits, and next thing you know, now you're waiting. So uh, we will get there. But obviously, most people don't jump into professional football at, at, at the pro level from day one. You played your college ball at, at, at Laurier, there in Canada, and it's it's you know again you know most of our listeners in the in the united states of america and i think some of them know the rule differences or know enough about the rule differences between canadian football and american football but the following i mean college football might be the second most popular in america behind professional football behind the nfl what is the following like for college football in canada
0: for college football it's nearly on the same level as um, uh college football in the states it's just um I don't know, it's a little different Sixty, seventy thousand 70,000 people at a game here, and uh, you probably maybe get around like five, 6,000 to games. It's just because we don't have... Our sports, is, especially in Canada, our sports, everyone's really focused on hockey out here. So I'd say NHL is at the top. Basketball, NBA is up there because we have the Toronto Raptors too. And then after that, it's kind of like for amateur sports, Junior A or like OHL hockey, stuff like that, that has the biggest following. But one big thing, uh, Canadian football, especially in the college level, it's just, um, just so we, uh, it's a lot of American. The big difference in Canadian football and American is just like uh, D-line is, um, has to be a yard back from the ball. And also, um, we play with three downs here. So we got a lot of special teams. We got a lot of punting, a lot of kicking that happens.
1: Yeah, I noticed because even with seeing some of your stats, it, even there's a heavier emphasis on reporting special teams, tackles, and stats and everything. So the special teams game is, is up there and important, an important part of Canadian football. When you were looking at, at at your college ball and where you wanted to play in college, did you look at trying to come down and, and play college in the States or was was playing? Uh, up in Canada, always the goal. See,
0: I didn't even really know how to do it, how to come to the States. I, I, I kind of wish I did because I figured um, it would have been really nice to play at a big uh, deep school, and I feel like I had the potential to do it as well. But in high school, I didn't even have a highlight there. So to get recruited, you had to come see me. It could have been like word of mouth. I remember I had some schools that would just kind of uh, get in contact with me based on what they heard from, say, other like scouting websites. But usually for uh, other teams to come see me, they had to come come to my high school game you play so i didn't really take the opportunity to get to the states where i kind of wish i did but i remember in first year at Lord, after my after my freshman we played in the game it was like team world versus team usa so at the time so we it was pretty much a bunch of bunch of guys in their first year university uh that made like an all-star team and then we went to play in in houston Then yeah, we played against uh team usa at a the time they had uh James winston todd Gurley. Malcolm Brown, Devin is on the team. So they had a lot of, like, really like good NFL players now. And then we ended up uh, – so we played in the game. We actually – I remember it was a really close game, 35-28. And it kind of showed us at that point that we do have the potential to, to play as an American athletes. So I kind of remember – I remember I talked to your schools after that game. But at the same time, it was not, like, um, a full-ride scholarship. just couldn't afford it. So I ended up staying in Canada to finish uh, my education.
1: Good. And when you were in college, obviously you're balancing being a college student with – Playing football and, and everything that goes along with it. What did you study? I
0: studied, community. and also okay. like in Canada too, we don't have a full ride scholarship, Full ride athletic. We a lot of us have to balance out. You got to work because you got to pay your tuition. You got to get up early, uh, morning workouts, and you still have to be on top of your education. So it was actually, it's pretty tough being a Canadian student athlete.
1: And that's, you know, that that's going to surprise a lot of people listening in America, because in America, if you're on a, if you have a scholarship to play football, just say at, at a major college university, you're not even allowed to work. Like they don't even allow you to do it. It's a violation of NCAA yeah. rules.
0: I remember like it had to work. If you want to, you got to pay, you got to pay. Right. All right. So you literally you, you have to, well, you might be able to get something loans, but sometimes that doesn't cover everything. So I remember that, Summertime, getting up in the okay, work a full-time job from nine to four, nine to four thirty, and then um, get get home, eat quick. Have to go to uh, <laughs> summer summer conditioning runs, and after that, I'd stay on. Get still have to get my workout in after, and then you do all over again. So it was really so. We actually, went through like a where we are. Wow, well, kind of happy I did it kind of teach-
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely you – know, it seems like the, the sense of entitlement would be greatly diminished for somebody playing college ball in Canada because you, you had to work for it. You had to, to push and, and, you know, you're, you're having a full-time job and then playing – and and that you got to really look back upon that experience and just the opportunity to step foot on the field has got to feel different for you knowing the steps you had to take personally and and financially just to get there.
0: Yeah. Like it was a grind. I I mean, a few of my good friends, like my old roommates from college, we would kind of sit back and laugh. This stuff, stuff we had to do. Like we didn't have food. Every one time we had to go even to like the food bank or get some of our neighbors to kind of convince them to cook for us, stuff like that, just to be able to, to eat sometimes, but during exam time, we actually laughed about this story, we'd uh, sleep in, we'd stay up all night studying, sleep in the next day, just to eat, like, one meal during the day, <laughs> just so we'd sleep in late, so we eat that one, three, four o'clock, and then start studying again, because we just didn't have any money at the time. We ran out of all our money on our meal card. It wasn't unlimited, and then sometimes you just have to hold out until you get home for, uh, for Christmas break.
1: And see, that's just so crazy coming from here where, you know, college football players, college athletes, they're fed. you are fed by the university. So it, it, it's just an amazing dichotomy of what you had to go through and, and the level of appreciation you've got to have for that. You did obviously play and, and drafted for the Canadian Football yeah. League, and, and I dug in a little bit. You were the 11th ranked back on average, a couple different rankings, the 11th ranked prospect overall coming out of university, but you were picked fourth. And fourth overall pick. What, what was that like? Like, did you expect to go fourth? Were you surprised? How did that feel when you got when you a fourth overall pick in the pick in the CFL draft?
0: Honestly, um, no, it felt great. I still to this day I remember the whole party we had. It was myself, uh, one of my other teammates, Essay, another one of my teammates, Dylan. We all got together at the campus uh, restaurant, and they put on a big party for us. All our families and friends were there, and it was just like it was such a great time. Just to hear my name called. Um, called from the TV, we're watching on the big projectors to hear my name, and then the whole place goes crazy. So it felt great. And I remember leading up to um, actually that whole that whole year, I was getting ready for the combine. I couldn't wait to be there. I know I was ranked 11th uh, going before the combine. I remember at the combine I had a really good showing, and then I put up I set a broad jump record. I uh, had the best vertical, had really good 40 time shuttle, all that stuff. And then we also in our combine <clears throat> we do one on one unlike uh, the NFL comp. So we're in pads, we're in shoulder pads and helmets, and they really get to see you um, on the field doing stuff, especially the one-on-ones, how you compete against other top-level guys. So I remember I did really well in that, which kind of boosted my uh, ranking come draft time. So I wasn't surprised to go by the same time I was just, um, I was just so excited just to be able to get the opportunity to live out my dreams.
1: You mentioned you talked about the party and, and you mentioned Sa being there. So you were drafted fourth in the twenty fifteen CFL draft, but if I remember correctly, Sa went fifth, right?
0: Yeah. So how it was, I remember I got they announced uh, my name. Everyone's like cheering, congratulating me. And then Sa walks in the hallway. Got call from Lions right after. So then as soon as he walks back in, we are two. So then the place just goes crazy once again. So. It was honestly, like, unforgettable moment for both of us.
1: That's outstanding to, to to be able to share that and, you know, have that big party with everybody there and to get drafted back-to-back, which has got to be rare. I mean, it's, it's rare to see two college players in our draft go back-to-back, and so to see it there um, it has got to be awesome. Now, you um, – you talked a little bit about the the combine and everything, and it it, it does it's funny because our combine you never see one on one drills. You see people opting out of no. throwing or running the forty. <laughs> it's, it's almost like protecting yourself. Whereas it seems like, and I'm not shocked at all, based on everything else else you've told me, that the CFL combine is about proving yourself. Yeah, it really
0: is. Like moving to the test, like it's a it's a long weekend of like lots of interviews and just like long hours on the field doing stuff every day. So, but it's a uh, it's a nerve-wracking weekend, but at the end of it, you just feel, like, so happy.
1: Yeah, no, I can only imagine. And, obviously, it helped you out and your draft stock Is it did go fourth overall, which uh, is you know, no matter what happens in your career, no matter how much longer it goes, no matter anything, you're always drafted fourth overall by Montreal in 2015 draft. So... No one can ever take that from you. You did, however, get a, a brief, you know, cup of coffee with the National Football League at rookie camp for the New York Giants, which happens to be my favorite, locally my favorite NFL team. But oh, yeah? what was that like for you to to go down there and and basically now you're you're kind of thrust in the middle of American football?
0: Yeah, it was um, it was a big step, starting from college Canadian college football, and then boom, straight into I'm an NFL mini, So um, it was just the biggest thing was um, just the terminology. Like, I didn't feel out of it. I felt as, like I was one of the top guys there athletically. It was like terminology is different because I'm used to playing Canadian football, and we call things different. Whereas in the States, they call things different. I'm seeing different formations where I don't typically see in Canada. Like in Canada, we rarely get tight ends. But I felt like in American football, Especially the Giants can we saw I saw tight end sets every day, and getting yeah. used to calling them based on different terminology. Now, just from growing as a professional, I know those terminologies now. But when I was just um, coming out of college, not having played American football, I didn't know. I had no clue with the terminology. I never heard some of these terms before. So it was like it was really like eye-opening um, moment for me just to, just to be around all these other guys. But I I felt good being there just because I know like I had the potential to be there, I was just going to take a little work especially if it's in the classroom.
1: Right. Yeah, because linebacker position in the National Football League, like you said, you're calling the defense, you're calling the mark. You're, you're, you're basically kind of the quarterback of the defense in a lot of ways. And if you're not used to tight end sets, I mean, that's huge in the NFL, especially the pressure that's put on the quarterback. That tight end is a big outlet as well. So it had to be a little bit of a, bit of a shock for you to, to have to go through and adjust to that. Obviously, it didn't work out, and, and you ended up not signing and, and sticking with the New York Giants or NFL team. Were you given any type of feedback, any, any hey, this is what we didn't like, this is what we liked. Did you get anything coming out of that?
0: No, I actually didn't get, like, all right. Like, I think um, there might have been 60 people there. I think everyone but one got released. Like, one person made it because the draft. So I was there the oh. same year as um, Landon Collins. So I was there right. That year. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone got released. But no no real feedback. But since then, I've had opportunities with um, doing NFL workouts with different teams. I remember I worked out with the Jets, and I worked out with the Vikings uh, most recently. And just kind of being there, so I feel like I'm always getting kind of close, but uh, obviously going to take a little more work, or it's going to take a a team just to believe in me, take a shot on a kid from Canada.
1: Right? Yeah. No. And it was outstanding. Obviously, you're not just trying out for teams. You played uh, three years with with Montreal, and and I know you you played two seasons with Montreal. And then you signed a one-year extension. So, and this is, again, another thing that, that's going to shock. You know, we're so used to four- and five-year contracts with NFL football players. Was that the initial deal? Was it a two-year two-year deal? Is that pretty common? Yeah.
0: So my rookie, so I ended up five years. So um, my first three years was my rookie deal. So they did a two two years an option. And then after that, I've just been signing one-year deals. Just because in the CFL, like, why it's typical for a lot of guys to sign one-year deals because there's no guaranteed contract, list. right? So you gotta. So I could lock myself in for a four-year deal and get cut after year one, even with three three more years left on the deal to get paid and play out. But they can cut me and see any of that money. So that's why, like, for me, I just I tip one-year deals because it gives me the flexibility to do what I want the next year. Say I can go. Say I have a really good season. You know, I might ask for a little more money than I was intended to make on the on the pre if I signed a longer term deal. So just because there's no, that's why I see a lot of guys and then myself why I do it, why I sign.
1: Yeah, you get that leverage and and you have the opportunity and you're betting on yourself, obviously. And and if there's a down year or something, it it can it can hurt a little bit. But it, it's interesting. You know, again, this is going to be a shock for a lot of people listening, which is kind of the theme here. The minimum NFL salary is $400 a year. From what I saw, the minimum CFL salary is like 41000 you know, 10% of that, not even 10% of that. It's different, man. Okay, the economics so of football are very different in the two countries. Yeah,
0: so our minimum is 5000 Oh, good. It's still not anywhere in the NFL, minimum, but our minimum. And then you got guys do okay. you got a lot of rookies might be at 65. Especially American rookies that come, they'll definitely be at 65. Or then you see guys in the middle – I think they average out that average salary is probably like 100000 if you average it between everyone. We well, see the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks make $700,000, $700,000, $500,000, and everyone else kind of be in the middle of that. So, like, the So
1: yeah.
0: I think that our salary cap, five, if I'm guessing, I'd say maybe like 5.5 mil per team. So, yeah, not –
1: not very narrowly, different but. <laughs> very so, different yeah. than the NFL. <laughs> and that, that explains yeah. why you keep taking those shots at the NFL, and no one can blame you for that. I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's you mean. know, that's you want to be at I the top have of to your game.
0: That. Like, Canadian can, Football League, like, you, you play for some half, six, like, it's not dem- too demanding during the season. You don't have to do crazy long hours during, um, as they do in the NFL. It's just like, it's just a month. Yeah, I can make, uh, say, 100000 here, or I can make $400,000 USD. Right. So, that's why I like a lot of guys uh, go for that. And it makes sense. You really can't uh, knock any guy free. But even um, – sorry, oh, so even uh, one other thing. You know, the CFL was actually around before the event. Even, like, back right. in the day in the CFL, um, guys used to make a lot of money. Like, Floody was here. He made a lot of money. I think Warren Moon made a lot of money. Uh, Rocket Ismail was, I think, the first person to make a million in the CFL. And he – I remember reading that he even um, turned down the NFL draft to come to make a million – in the in the cfl so i don't know what's happened uh, i know american markets took over but uh I think cfl kind of got left behind
1: yeah i mean you got you know the, the american D contracts are absolutely insane now to the point where nfl salaries are pretty much covered by a tv deal without even a single fan going into the stadium so it's it's just a very different very different um economic situation so you talk about the six months of the season and you make that salary and everything is it common for you all to work during the off season?
0: Yeah, I know. Um, I'd say a few guys, a few guys do because you have the time. So it's like you can, hey, you can increase your, a lot of guys, your families. You have six months off. You increase your, increase your, uh, your revenue. So that's something a lot of guys do. Or some guys don't. Some guys might run different programs. Might be in school studying. It all your career and what you want to do. A lot of guys just say, you know, what, I'm just going to focus on training throughout the off season instead. And that that's. That's fine, too, because a lot of guys do train really hard.
1: Right, which is, again, you're trying to up your game, especially if you're signing shorter contracts. It all makes sense from there. You, at one point in your career, actually got traded um, after playing so many, you know, only in Montreal, got traded over to Ottawa. And when you get traded, obviously it's a huge deal in the NFL, and trades aren't as common in the NFL. When you get traded in the CFL, is this like a starting over point for you? What was, what was your mindset after being traded?
0: So uh, my trade situation is because it was more of a so, – right. um, at that time, I think there might have been four weeks, four games uh, before playoffs. And in Montreal, we weren't making playoffs. I think we only had maybe like six wins that entire season. We weren't making playoffs. And Otto was at his place. So then, um, I know I when I remember, Diddy and I were talking about it. And then he's like, you really you weren't on the trading block, but then we lost it. We know we're not making playoffs. Um, I have a few teams asked for you at the deadline. So I'm looking to trade you. So at first, I'm kind of shocked. I, mean, I don't want to go play for right, And then he's well, then, yeah, how are we? Because they know I was going to free agency. And at the time, um, I was having a really good season. So I had a uh, bunch of NFL teams calling and took me out then. So they said, like, I don't know if I'm going to get you back next year, but if you're going to free agency, I'm going to get you back. So I was like, oh, I Whatever. Trade me. So I'm like, I'm going to trade to Ottawa. I'm like, perfect. Trade me to Ottawa, first place. I've never been able to experience a playoff set in my career at that time. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, let me send me to Ottawa. And it was a great time. They took care of me in Ottawa. We, we were able to make a make a run in the playoffs and we made it to the Great Cup, which is pretty much our Super Bowl. And then we ended up losing it a great experience to, to get to that point and to see how like an organization like them operated. So I'm thankful for that trade. And then, like like you said, if I made it back to Fridas, you'd pick me back up, and that's how it kind of worked out when so I come back to Montreal.
1: Yeah, you did end up back in Montreal and, and back playing for the Alouettes. When you went to Ottawa, though, that was your first time playing professional for a professional team in Ontario where you're from.
0: Yeah, actually. So yeah, it was um it was good because in um as much as I, I love Montreal it's a lot of French and I'm I'm not fluent in French, but being in Ottawa, you still get but think about Ottawa and Montreal really not too far away an hour and a half drive. So yeah, it wasn't right, even which is, like, like too far away. But still I had um some like family and friends come up more to Ottawa to see uh, the last few games that we had out there.
1: And you did get to play for a great cup, which is obviously a huge deal and, and uh, take advantage of that opportunity. And you ended up back with Montreal, like you said. Um, now, now you didn't, you kind of signed basically after this began. Was there any trepidation about that? Were you starting to get worried when the season starts and you're not signed? No. Well, so what it was, because I,
0: like I said before, I had some NFL teams we were talking. To, so we're kind of waiting on the NFL teams. And at the time, the CFL was going to be uh collective bargaining. So they negotiating the new and there's, there was talk that CFL might not start on time. So that's why my agent and I were like, okay, we have time. We don't have to rush. We can wait out more on NFL teams. So, right. uh, since I'm starting on time, we don't sign yet because we're still, uh, we're still, talk- we're still waiting and talking. with The NFL team That's the talk, hey, um, you're on our short list. Just wait out a little bit for us, and we'll let you know. So a few weeks went by, and eventually we got to the point. Like, right, you know what, let's, uh, let's not wait on this anymore. Like, if it's meant to be what happened already, let's kind of get back into CFL and out contract. So that's how the first place I know, it, it kind of worked out perfectly.
1: Gotcha. And then this year you signed with Toronto, and, and it's got to be weird because you signed with Toronto but haven't really done anything with Toronto.
0: Yeah, I know. So uh, hopefully get going, on, get going soon, so I'd love to kind of be in this community there and kind of helping out and just be back on the football field. But it's nice to sign in Toronto, so I'm even closer to family and friends. I'm originally from Toronto and then my right. my family moved about an hour west to um, to Cambridge, but originally from Toronto, so I still have a mental in the whole Toronto area that already was uh, buying season tickets already to come uh, to watch the games this year, so it's unfortunate how we're put on hold, but I don't know, I'm pretty optimistic, so just kind of hoping for the best right
1: now. Absolutely. I mean, for you to get back out there and play, you're still in the prime of your career, and, and it's, you know, you don't want to be sitting around. I'm sure that's got to be killing you to know that here I am, I'm under 30 years old, and, and I just want to get out there and play. And, and, you know, you still got that NFL possibility too, so I, I get all of it and all of it that's out there. It, it's it's funny as, as we listen and, and we kind of follow along. One of the things that I've learned in the past maybe few months that I didn't realize, it seems like, you used to always think that that people didn't like Montreal, but there seems to be this war within Canada where, for some reason, the Canadians not like Toronto. Like, like I've, I've heard some of that, and and heard Canadians making fun of those who are in Toronto, which just well, seems off.
0: Oh, making fun of people. Wait, Canadians are like uh, Montreal people.
1: I thought it was Canadians. Maybe it is just Montreal. I don't know. It, honestly, it could probably be from being in
0: both uh, both cities. Like both cities are like I would never like uh, downgrade any city. Like I had so much fun. in in Montreal over the years. And I know Toronto, especially downtown as well. So both are pick a side in whatever war is going on. (laughs) Because both both are great. Um, Over the years in Montreal, met so many great people, so many great fans up there.
1: So I have a lot of love. I've been to Montreal. I have been to Montreal one blast when I went there. A lot of good people and and a lot of fun. I do know that I had no idea what the coins were worth, and I think I tipped somebody like 12 with some coins. (laughs) But that was, uh, you know. Culture shock for me, but I'm sure I made that person happy, which is all, all good. Now, in 2019, you talked about your college experience, especially the party they threw for you when you got drafted. In 2019, you were actually inducted into the Wolford Laurier Golden Hawks Hall of Fame. And and what was that like to go back and, and be honored in such a way? It
0: was fantastic. I wasn't able to be at the actual ceremony because we had a game uh, in Vancouver that we so I wasn't even in. I would come back to see to be part of the ceremony. But I remember I recorded my and then we uh, sent it in and everything. So they played it for everyone. So I wish I to be um, put into the Hall of Fame at Laurie and seeing all the great players that have been there before me and even after me um, to be able to be put in the Hall of Fame already. I, it was it was such a great moment and like uh, my family as well. They're excited. Cause in, how it works at Lori, There's like in the in our athletic complex. There's a study room. And then in the study room was all the, the plaques of all the athletes are in the Hall of Fame. So I remember myself and a bunch of mates, we'd always study there, see all the other great Laurier athletes over the years just in that room. And we'd always laugh and be in there one day, let's act, grind together one day. And then to for me to actually already, it was such a great moment. And I know a bunch of my um, former teammates will be in there eventually as well. So I'm excited to for when they get their moment as well.
1: So when you were younger, because you know, I mean, you've spoken so much about different historical aspects of the Canadian Football League and, and definitely an advocate for that league. Growing up as a kid, did you follow the CFL? Did you follow the NFL? What was that like for you as a kid?
0: Yeah, so um, first love was playing uh, Madden as a young kid. I was apt, Since playing Madden, I knew, hey, I want to play professional football. Once. So I grew up a big Broncos fan, still a Broncos fan. Um, and the CFL, used to because they're close by. Same with the Hampton Tirecats, they're close by. But I was more a Toronto fan growing up. So it kind of things come in uh, full circle. I'm now getting an opportunity to play for the Argonauts after watching them when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that, that's the dream, and you're you're living it. Still not giving up on the NFL dream, which I love to hear because, like, you know, 28 years old, you're still doing that. However, you kind of made a move outside of not outside of football, but outside of playing, uh, starting your youth program, Impulse Football. When did you begin that, and what led to it? Yeah, so
0: Impulse Football started when it started 2016. So after after my first yeah, after my first year um, that winter, I remember just like even in uniform we. A group of us were all sitting at a table at my house just kind of talking about, hey, like, when we get drunk, what do we want to do, like, how much fun it's going to be. And then we thought about like what's the best way to give back to the community. So we thought, you know what, let's do a football camp. We know how. And I remember when I was young, um, I, my parents couldn't afford to send me to all these like, uh, different football camps, say, in the States or, or across Canada. So I remember there was a football camp at Laurier. And I remember um I saved up enough money to go to this football camp. I might have been like twelve or thirteen to go to this Lori football camp and I had such a great time just how the how the players kinda of welcomed me and showed me a great time and kind of made me believe that one day I can boost. So That's actually when I went to Lori just from my experience there when I was 13 years old, had much fun at that football camp and seeing what they how, how they acted and how they treated me. So like I remember when we're sitting at that table before we got drafted, they were like, hey, no, let's uh, let's run a football camp. So that's how that's how it started. And then we partnered with um, the local youth football team out here in Cambridge, partnered with them and started running their youth football camp. Then eventually we branched off and started doing our own thing. And that's how Impulse Football just could grow. And then to this day, we get about 80 kids out per uh, session we run. And then we also run a charity camp as well where we donate all the proceeds to a local organization. That's kind of making a difference in community. So we ran that for two years right now, and then we're planning, currently planning our, our next one for, uh, it's going to be in January or February, our next charity day.
1: Yeah, I would imagine any, any plans for 2020 probably got halted a little bit, but that's, you know, kind of. Make sense with what's going on right now. So you literally—I mean, this is something that's obviously because you did it from almost from day one. I mean, you did this after your first year in the league. We already know, you know, you don't make a ton of money your first year in the league, all of that. But it seems like something that, that you know, obviously things that were done for you had a big impact on you that led to you saying so early on in your career, uh, "It's something I got to do." Mm-hmm. Now, it was uh, it was tough, um,
0: cause you're looking for different sponsorships to kind of help offset the cost. You don't want to make the camp too expensive because it was never. It was never a month. It was just to give kids an opportunity to to kind of get better and be active, especially during the winter. So we, that's why we had the indoor facility. Eventually, got that locked down, and it's for have the kids to come out and just learn valuable football skills that they can translate on the field.
1: So now, this may not be a question you want to think about just yet, because you're only 28 years old and, and you've got plenty of career left ahead of you. You did study communications. You started a youth camp, all of that, and and had some some interactions with the NFL. Obviously, tons of experience in the CFL. What do you have? You thought about life after your playing career? You want to what direction do you want to go? Is it broadcasting? Is it coaching? Is it youth camp? What, what do you think things look like for you once your playing days are
0: over? Yeah, so that's something I've thought about for years. Um, and trying to figure out like what I'm most interested in. And like right now, I'm actually studying for my Canadian securities course, that's just like a financial designation. Because eventually when I'm done playing football, I want to go into, say, like wealth management or financial planning, so some role like that. Because I want to be in a role where I'm kind of helping people out, especially helping people out with their money. I've noticed like a lot of people don't know how to manage their money or even like grow their money. So I figured I would love to be in a role like that. I've always had an interest.
1: Okay, very cool. So, so looking towards looking towards the future, which is smart. You know, so many people leave a professional playing career and 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 they haven't thought about that. And you've been thinking about it since day one, which shows us smart yarn. Shows what you learned and and focused on that education, uh, which, which kind of goes back to the fact that you had to pay for your school, which which is so different than what we hear. I and you know, obviously, you got an appreciation <laughs> for it. So, which I love. I love to hear and, and see that. When we brought you in for this interview, we, we played a song called "Lighted Up by Young Thug. You selected that song specifically. For, why did you pick that song?
0: Uh, well, that song, uh, so honestly, it's really good. I, you play that. It's the last song I listen to before I go out, go out and play football. I feel like every year I have, like, go-to song that's I'm listening to this song before I go to the field, the last song I'll listen to. So then that's with the song I had um, – this past season, that's why I picked it.
1: So what does that song do for you? What does what that song, how does that song get you ready for <laughs> playing football? What does
0: it do? Uh, do it just gets me pumped up. I feel, like I, go. I feel like I'm ready to go out there and play football. And This time might just be going through my head throughout the game. I kind of just get excited and I go out there and play more
1: football. Very good. Awesome. That is that is good to hear. Well, this has been eye-opening. I th- I know for me, which has got to be eye-opening for a lot of others, because of the cultural differences, differences in the sport, and and really just differences in your process. You you know, we here in the states follow. It's so easy to follow a, a college football, even a high school football player's progression through college football in the NFL, and is not. And really, this seems like the path for most people in Canada. The road is much more difficult, and, and you've got to have that greater sense of appreciation that you don't have to tell us you have a We can hear it. We can tell. We know you've got that, and, and I really do appreciate you sharing that. I really wish you the best of luck with the program, the youth program that you started because you're doing it for all the right reasons, and I hope you can get back to playing football in September like you talked about. Because You've got a lot of great things going on, but I know top of the list right now is getting back at it and, and getting back on the field.
0: Yeah, so... I hope we can get back something earlier. Until then, just continue to train and just stay ready physically and mentally until we get the opportunity to be back on the field.
1: Excellent. Impulse Football is the program. Definitely check that out. You can find Chris Aki on social media at Chris aki 21 on Twitter, Chris underscore Aki on Instagram. Chris, thank you so much for joining us for this. I appreciate it. and. Uh, that's the luck to you is right, thank, thank you for having me on. Fuck the pants Where the chicken go right back got to to Pedro. Like between the but they never go fuck up with up it
2: up
1: way too late, just do it for the sake, it's way too late, just try going on a date, I took that pink one night,
2: now I got the blue diamond in my face, I done gate her the keys of the house, might as well go and get a code to the safe,
0: they replaced.